0: The Supreme Court issued an emergency order on Monday saying President Biden does, in fact, have the right to regulate ghost guns. Earlier in the year, Biden ordered the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives to classify ghost guns as subject to any other firearm that would be under the purview of the Gun Control Act of 1968. Ghost guns are like a key assembly kits where consumers bring the parts home and then put the gun together by themselves. Manufacturers of the ghost gun kits challenged the Biden ruling. But the court, to its credit on Monday, refused to hear the case. A new study out of Boston shows there's been an 87% increase in gun deaths for American children between 2011 and 2021. Black children and teens are now dying from firearms at 4.5 times the rate of white children and teens. Guns continue to be the leading cause of death for children in America, surpassing traffic accidents and disease. The leading cause of death for children in America. Guns. Donald Trump's civil trial for fraud began its third week on Monday. New York State Attorney General Letitia James sued Donald Trump and his two idiot sons for fraud, claiming they falsified business records in order to inflate Donald Trump's net worth so they could secure loans from banks as well as get insurance policies. It's against the law to submit phony statements to lenders. Trump has already lost most of this case, with the judge ruling Trump is guilty of fraud. The the judge also ordered Trump's businesses to be dissolved. Trump is appealing that part of the decision. But the trial continues until December, as other counts of fraud must still be adjudicated. On Monday, Patrick Burney, assistant vice president for financial operations, at the Trump Organization testified that Donald Trump's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, ordered him to prepare financial documents that made it look like Trump's net worth increased year after year after year. But it was a lie. Under no circumstances, according to the testimony, was Trump permitted to appear to have had a bad year. Doctor the statements, make it look... Like Donald Trump is more successful than he is. Earlier this year, Weisselberg served three months at Rikers Island after pleading guilty to tax fraud in a related trial. Weisselberg is both a defendant and a cooperating witness in this trial, and there are reports Weisselberg might have perjured himself last week when he testified that he was not particularly involved with the Trump Organization inflating the value of Trump Tower by as much as three times its actual worth. Bernie also testified on Monday that when filling out Trump's financial statements in 2017, he was ordered to tack on a $144 million presidential premium to all of Trump's properties in order to fool Forbes magazine into placing Trump on their list of the 400 wealthiest. At the last minute, however, the presidential premium was removed. Trump Hotels' chief accounting officer, Mark Hawthorne, also testified on Monday, telling the courtroom that in 2018, he overstated then-President Trump's liquidity, when he told an accounting firm going over Trump's books that Trump had $290 million in cash. He did not. The truth is, at least 30% of that cash belonged to a separate real estate firm named Vernado. Michael Cohen, Trump's former attorney who turned state's evidence, was supposed to be a star witness this week, but backed out at the last minute, citing health reasons last week cone said he feared for his physical safety in the lead up to what many expect to be a bombshell rehashing of trump's financial crimes during his testimony in this trial trump said he will be in the courtroom when michael Cohn testifies almost as if to remind cohen of just how dangerous Trump can be. He's going to stink eye Cohn. And Cohn, some say, is delaying his testimony partly because he's afraid. And perhaps he wants some sort of security detail provided in exchange for spilling what he knows and he knows plenty. Cohen told ABC News on Monday, quote, I look forward to testifying and correcting the record as to the multiple misstatements and responses by previous witnesses who stated, I don't recall. Unfortunately for them, I do recall. Judge Arthur Angeron, the presiding judge in this case, said he still has yet to receive a note From Cohen's doctor, explaining why Cohen couldn't testify this week, Judge Engeron later said he was certain Cohen would be available next week. This is mafia stuff. Intimidating witnesses. Cohen claiming he's sick. He wants extra security. Let's turn to the pretrial hearings in Trump's Washington DC election interference case. Tanya Chutkin, the presiding judge in that trial, ordered Trump to shut up. She issued a gag order which limits what Trump can say about courtroom employees, the judge, the prosecutor, and the case against him so that he can't intimidate witnesses or contaminate the potential jury pool. Trump later, Monday night, told Uh, A crowd in Iowa, quote, what they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. The crowd cheered as he said he was fighting for our democracy, but he added an extra word. He's fighting our democracy. According to Judge Chutkin's gag order, Trump is now forbidden from trashing prosecutors, employees of the court, and potential witnesses. The judge rejected special counsel Jack Smith's request on Monday that Trump be barred from attacking the Justice Department or Washington, D.C. in general. In recent weeks, Trump called Chutkin a, quote, biased, Trump-hating judge, and he referred to special counsel Jack Smith as deranged. In her back and forth Monday with Trump's attorneys, Judge Chutkin said Trump's words, quote, wouldn't be allowed by any other criminal defendant. Judge Chutkin at one point asked Trump's attorney, John Loro, quote, in what kind of case do you think it would be appropriate for a criminal defendant to call the prosecutor a thug and stay on the streets? Stay on the streets. Interesting use of words. She's implying that she's not going to enforce this gag order simply by fining Trump. When she said stay on the streets, that means she's going to lock Trump up. There will be a pretrial detention if he doesn't shut his mouth. Again, I don't have to enforce the law. But it seems to me nothing would be better for this country than locking Trump up the second he violates this gag order. I don't mean to be glib here because I don't have to enforce the law, but uh, better we test his imbeciles now. Better they come out of the woodwork now when Merrick Garland is our attorney general than two years from now when, God forbid, Trump is president. And Sidney Powell is our attorney general. John Lauro, Trump's attorney, argued that Trump is a presidential candidate and this indictment is political. He said limiting Trump's ability to speak freely violates his First Amendment rights. But Judge Chutkin shot back, quote, politics stops at this courtroom door. Hours before the gag order was put in place, Trump once again called Jack Smith deranged and accused Judge Chutkin of being, quote, highly partisan. I guess he probably wanted to get in his last digs before the the gag order. During Monday's hearings, prosecutors insisted Trump is abusing his free speech rights by taking to social media and intimidating witnesses while at the same time contaminating the Washington, D.C. jury pool. In issuing the gag order, Judge Chutkin said she will not permit Trump to engage in a pre-trial smear campaign. After her ruling, the Trump campaign called it a knife stuck in the heart of our democracy. I think they're confusing the ruling with Trump's presidency. Trump later promised he will appeal the gag order. Judge Chutkin laughed derisively when Trump's attorney, John Lauro, insisted there was no need for a gag order because his client had already been obeying the terms of his pretrial release. Chutkin then instructed Lauro to tone down the political ret- rhetoric after he referred to Trump's prosecution as governmental tyranny. As the hearings were getting wrapped up, Judge Chutkin warned Trump's attorneys that the trial is set for early March, adding she will not hear any more motions to push it past the November election. This now marks the second gag order in a month for Donald Trump. If you remember, Judge Arthur Engeron presiding in Trump's New York civil lawsuit that I talked about earlier, Earlier this month, he slapped a gag order on Trump, forbidding him from trash-talking any employees of the court and warning such violations would result in sanctions. Trump complained, but so far, he's obeyed the order. The race for speaker. America now enters its second week without a full-time Speaker of the House of Representatives. Today is October 17th. And the continuing resolution expires exactly one month from today. Jim Jordan became the Republican nominee Friday night. And on Monday, he said he had every intention of taking the vote to the floor at noon today on Tuesday for a vote in front of the full House, no matter how many rounds he has to go. Jim Jordan has made it clear he's prepared to go as many rounds as it takes. He wants to force his Republican opposition to cast their votes out in the open. This is politics through intimidation. Jordan is testing all the Republicans who said they would never vote for him. He's saying you can no longer hide behind a secret ballot Under the warm blanket of a congressional caucus room, I'm going to smoke you out. He didn't say that, but he's implying it. Today at noon, it's put up or shut up. Jordan is signaling, are you willing to vote against me? Are you willing to pay the price of going not just against me, but going against Donald Trump as well? Because Donald Trump endorsed me and Donald Trump views it as an act of disloyalty to him. If you don't vote for me, this is brown shirt stuff. And as one of my listeners pointed out in the comments section with Jim Jordan as speaker, what do you think January 6, 2025 is going to look like? for Joe Biden. This is a level of bullying never before seen in modern congressional history. It isn't backroom deals. This is just menacing, essentially, a party of Republican cowards with no principles who will fold. Jim Jordan knows they will fold and they are folding. They didn't rise up after January 6th. They're going to get in line once again. And Jordan knows that. He learned it from Trump. He learned that you rule these spineless ciphers with a whip. Heading into today's vote, insiders were said to be shocked by how close Jim Jordan is getting to the speaker's gavel. If you heard yesterday's show, then you would know I'm not shocked. Jordan doesn't expect to win on the first round. Although the way things are looking, he might. I hope I'm wrong. I'm I'm hoping conventional wisdom still holds. But conventional wisdom now is that Jordan's closer to the gavel than anybody could have ever imagined. Go back and listen to what I said on yesterday's show. Jordan took out Al Capone's baseball bat. And this, today, is January 6th. By other means, what happened? We were assured on Friday that Jim Jordan didn't stand a chance. The number of never Jordans went from 50 on Friday night to just 10 by Monday afternoon. That's the count that we have right now. It's down to 10 never Jordans. He needs to convert six more by noon today And he's Speaker. Aaron Blake of The Washington Post writes, during Jordan's 16 years in Congress, he never passed a single bill. He never introduced any legislation. As former Speaker John Boehner says, Jordan didn't come to Washington to build anything because he is, says John Boehner, a political terrorist. That is the former Republican Speaker of the House John Boehner. Those are his words. Those are his words. A political terrorist. Jordan's quick and surprise ascendancy between Friday and this morning has all the earmarks of January 6th. Nobody saw this coming. It looks, it smells exactly like January 6th because the same people behind Jim Jordan right now are the same people who are behind January 6, including Jim Jordan. One of the point persons over the weekend for Jordan was the odious Amy Kremer, who organized the Stop the Steal rally on January 6. She spoke on the ellipse before Donald Trump. She runs Women for America First, which, according to The New York Times, put out a hit list Friday naming Republicans opposed to Jordan. Their phones were then flooded with angry, menacing calls from supposed constituents demanding their Republican representative be loyal and vote for Jim Jordan for speaker. Now, topping the list were three Never Jordans, Representatives Ann Wagner of Missouri, Mike Rogers of Alabama, and Carlos Jimenez of Florida. Here is Carlos Jimenez Monday describing the lies that Jordan's attack machine, that Amy Kremer from Stop the Steal, her attack attack machine. Here he describes the lies uh, that they began spreading about him over the weekend. He describes this as a coup. He insists he will not bend and is not voting for Jordan with the qualifier for now.
1: But now I'm a no to to, uh, uh, Jim Jordan. The tactics that his uh, followers have have used against uh, fellow Republicans, I think, are something that uh, we shouldn't tolerate.
0: We shouldn't tolerate for now. Jimenez said one of the lies told about him over the weekend was he was planning to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. He's the Democratic minority leader who's also running for speaker. Uh, They lied that he was trying to build a coalition with Democrats, which in Jordan's camp is treason. Remember, hang Mike Pence. He describes talking to Jordan about this on Monday, and just like Trump Jordan played dumb and blamed it on his overzealous supporters. I can't control my people. I can't control them.
1: You know, I said, look, I, I, you you don't use the kind of tactics against your own members, and then you start to you know spread lies and misinformation. He denied that he's doing it. I'll take him at his word, but those are his followers. He said he asked his followers not to do that anymore. Yet they continue to do that. So. Uh, here are here are your followers not heeding your call uh, mr. De- uh, speaker designee and so uh, at this point you know I just I just can't I can't uh, can't vote for Jim Jordan I'll vote for uh, Kevin McCarthy and then we'll see where the chips fall
0: at this point I just can't well Jordan has plausible deniability I can't control my followers they're just very passionate about supporting me they love cashing these checks that I give to them to call and intimidate you uh jimenez then talked about how quickly the jordan wall of resistance crumbled over the weekend and it is incredible
1: look the numbers initially were like 50 not in favor i think a lot of them had fallen off i think some of them have succumbed to pressure uh maybe uh this uh this pressure campaign is working on some i'll tell you what it'll never work on me you, do you take think- away all my, my committees. You can put me in the basement. Uh, I'm committed to my vote. And uh, no matter what you do, that's, what I, that's the way I'm going to vote.
0: This is January 6th. This is an extension of January 6th. It's a mini coup. What do you think? It's four Republicans. If four Republicans and he refuse to vote for Jordan, Jordan doesn't get it. Now, for all we know, Jordan is being told by this guy... Look, I can't vote for you on the first round. I just can't. I said I wouldn't vote for you, but I promise you after six rounds, then you have my vote. There's a level of theatrics here and face saving before tough talking, spineless Republicans finally get in line. They all were outraged by January 6th, right up until it became January 7th. And then they marched right back in and voted not to certify for Joe Biden. One Republican privately told the Washington Post on Monday, quote, I'll vote my conscience, which is a no, but I don't want to be a punching bag for the next three days. Right now, Jordan is woefully short on votes, and his team wants to beat folks into submission. If he wins today, this is a mini coup. This is January 6th, Part 2. Michael Fanone, the outspoken Capitol Police officer who suffered a heart attack after January 6th, said Jordan becoming Speaker would be a disgrace. Fanone said, Jim Jordan is an insurrectionist who has no place being second in line to the presidency. It absolutely disgusts me that extreme Republicans could choose an insurrectionist and election denier as their leader. Someone who knew about January 6th ahead of time, yet did nothing to stop it. Fanon added, this is a very dark time for our democracy and should serve as a wake-up call to all Americans that we can never take our democracy for granted. As one of my listeners commented, what is January 6th, 2025, going to look like if Jim Jordan is speaker. Last year, the January 6th committee concluded Jim Jordan played a significant role assisting Trump in trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. According to phone records, Jordan spoke with Trump at least twice on January 6th, before and after the Capitol attack. Jordan refused to testify as to what they discussed. He was handed a subpoena from the January 6th committee. He ignored it. According to the committee, Jordan conferred repeatedly with Rudy Giuliani in the weeks leading up to January 6th on how to spread rumors of election fraud. According to the January 6th committee report, Jordan moderated a call with Trump and Trump advisors on January 2nd. During this call, Jim Jordan outlined his suggestions on how Trump and Pence could legally delay the certification of the election on January 6th. He also spelled out ways to get MAGA Republicans to show up for the big Stop the Steel rally on the ellipse that day. That is the same Stop the Steel rally that was organized by Jim Jordan's point person right now whipping votes with a whip, Amy Kremer. According to the report, Jim Jordan texted Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's chief of staff on January 5th, providing the language Mike Pence would need to throw out electoral votes the next day. Like I said, I can't stress this enough. Amy Kremer, the organizer of the January 6th Stop the Steel rally, has spent the past weekend and today targeting and threatening Never Jordans inside the Republican caucus. As former Republican Speaker John Boehner said, Jim Jordan is a political terrorist which is why it's not so surprising to discover that the number of Never Jordans fell from 50 on Friday to 10 Monday afternoon. Republicans are getting in line. Here is the thing about moderates in the Republican Party. They are spineless cowards who will fold and take cover by claiming to be institutionalists. Jordan knows this. That's his advantage. Now, Friday night, he had 50 who openly opposed him, and they all claim to be institutionalists who don't want to reward Jim Jordan's horrible behavior. And many of them said that. They said his behavior, especially this past week, after losing the first nomination to Scalise, has been despicable. It's not good for the institution. We can't reward bad behavior. So institutionalists can cloak themselves in the institution today by putting away their grudges and resentment towards Jordan for the sake of a functioning government because that's what institutionalists do. It doesn't matter that Jim Jordan is going to destroy our democracy while cutting food stamps. At least the government is functioning. That's what a conservative institutionalist is all about. Their political DNA prevents them from ever staging a floor fight or gumming up the works for the sake of the country because it wouldn't be good for the country to do something for the sake of the country. Jordan spent the weekend working phones, jawboning the 50 Republicans in the caucus who made it clear on Friday they were not going to vote for him because they have principles. Jordan knows nobody in his caucus has principles. And whatever he said, he seems to have succeeded in making these holdouts feel isolated and scared, worried that if Jordan does win, he will launch primary challenges to punish them. And, of course, there's the issue of physical safety, which I touched on during yesterday's show. Jordan already has former Speaker Kevin McCarthy on his side. And by early Monday morning, he picked up some major endorsements from Never Jordans. This is the impetuous Alabama Republican Mike Rogers. I talked about him yesterday. This is him back in January, almost whipping off his toupee and shoving it down Matt Gates's throat because Gates was blocking Kevin McCarthy's bid for speaker. On Friday, Congressman Mike Rogers of Alabama was a hard no on Jordan. He was openly... The same way everybody knows Mike Rogers wears a toupee, everybody knew. He made certain that everybody knew he was not voting for Jordan. And then he openly reached out to Hakeem Jeffries to see what it would take for Democrats to help elect a Republican speaker. And over the weekend, he paid a huge price as his constituents were flooded with robocalls and attack ads where he was called a traitor. He was called a Democrat in Republican clothing. And then he was attacked by Marjorie Taylor Greene and Senator Mike Lee, who called him untrustworthy because he was willing to work with Democrats. And that's treason. Hang Mike Pence, right? You know the playbook. So by Monday... Mr. Tough Guy, right? Mr. Tough Guy, who almost punched Matt Gates. Mike Rogers, the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, who never backs down, announced, oh, I'm going to vote for Jim Jordan because, quote, I've always been a team player. Remember Congresswoman Ann Wagner, who, when asked if she was voting for Jordan on Friday, said, Absolutely not. Representative Ann Wagner from Missouri was in Steve Scalise's corner. She said she was appalled by Jim Jordan's behavior after he lost Wednesday's nomination to Steve Scalise. She said of Jordan, he gave the most disgraceful, ungracious, I can't even call it a concession speech of all time. There were gasps in the room. She said, I am a hard no on Jim Jordan. Absolutely not. By Monday, she said, I've always been a team player. She's on Team Jordan. Sean Hannity started on Friday. He began calling uh, all the uh Republicans with principles. He put the full weight of his Fox News program behind Jim Jordan. Hannity sent personalized emails to the Jordan holdouts demanding, demanding to know why they won't get behind a consensus candidate like Jim Jordan, a compromise. That's how they're portraying Jim Jordan, as a compromise candidate, the thumbscrews are being applied because Hannity knows how important his show is to these caucus members, and they fear getting banned because if they can't go on Hannity and Fox News, what else do they have to do in Washington? It's not like they're going to pass any meaningful legislation. Colorado Republican Ken Buck, along with Chip Roy, these two are the only members of the Freedom Caucus to certify the election for Joe Biden after January 6th. Now, Chip Roy is all in on Jim Jordan, but Buck was disappointed after last week's Candidates Forum when both Scalise and Jordan refused to say Joe Biden won the election. So he voted present instead of for either one. Buck is believed to be a hard no. Keep an eye on Ken Buck today. Jordan has reportedly written Buck off since the two of them have had major disagreements on breaking up the monopolies. Buck is on the House Judiciary Committee that Jim Jordan chairs, and Ken Buck resents the fact that Jim didn't put him in charge of the antitrust subcommittee. So there's a lot of bad feelings between Ken Buck, who still says he's a hard no on Jordan. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan were momentarily rivals after Paul Ryan stepped down as Speaker. But McCarthy made peace with Jim Jordan. He gave him the Judiciary Committee when he became Speaker, as well as free reign to destroy Hunter Biden. McCarthy reportedly feels Jim Jordan, unlike Steve Scalise, has remained loyal And Kevin McCarthy has thrown his support completely behind Jim Jordan. At noon today, at noon today, nobody thought Jim Jordan was going to get this close. This is the mop up for October 17th, 2023. Continuing resolution expires in exactly a month. We'll be looking at a government shutdown in exactly a month, will we have a speaker? Do you want a speaker if it means it's going to be Jim Jordan? Let me know in the comments section. Please like this program. Please, I beg of you to share it. The only reason anybody watches this is because listeners shared it with a friend via social media or in in an uh, email. So please share this show. That's the best way to help me subscribe to my channel, leave comments and uh, go to my website and please subscribe to my newsletter. Prosecutors in Illinois say Joseph Kazuba, the 71 year old landlord arrested for killing his six year old Muslim tenant by stabbing him 24 times told police he was incited to violence by the war between Israel and Gaza. Kazuba's wife reportedly told police that her husband became increasingly paranoid and angry due to his obsession with right-wing AM talk radio. How many times have we heard that story before? If Jordan wins on the first ballot today... A lot of the cowards who detest Jim Jordan will insist they voted not for Jordan, but for Israel. That's what they'll be saying if Jordan is crowned speaker today. Ken Buck, all these people who hate Jordan but are cowards, they will say, I I did it for Israel. We need to get a military aid package to Israel and... We can't allow petty politics to get in the way. So, yes, I voted for Jordan because we need a speaker. There is a big push right now to fund Israel's army. But Missouri Congresswoman and Democrat Cory Bush introduced a resolution Monday calling on Joe Biden to demand an immediate de-escalation and ceasefire in Israel and occupied Palestine. In Cori Bush's resolution, instead of sending Israel arms, she says send humanitarian aid to Gaza. But Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, returning from Israel, has rejected any calls for a ceasefire. Schumer warned if the threat of Hamas is not eliminated, they will do it again. Do you think they'll be able to eliminate Hamas? what do I know? Joe Biden is on his way to Israel and will arrive Wednesday. The New York Times reports that Biden's visit might be to delay Israel's ground attack into Gaza, which some say many Israelis are beginning to have second thoughts about. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, is the only Palestinian-American serving in Congress. She tore into Joe Biden for, quote, not expressing one bit of empathy for the millions of Palestinian civilians facing brutal airstrikes and the threat of a ground invasion of Gaza that would intensify this humanitarian crisis. Wisconsin Democrat Congressman Mark Pocan said, quote, Palestinian deaths are now twice Israeli deaths. Israel should stop its overly broad attacks and focus only on Hamas. Enough, he said, enough. But you really can't make a decision unless you hear from Donald Trump. In Iowa on Monday, Trump insisted the attack on Israel never would have happened if he were still president. He said what happened in Israel proves America needs much more draconian immigration policies, like finishing the wall. Well, you know, there was a wall between Gaza and Israel. They uh, flew over it, just like the Maginot Line. He said, first thing he will do as president is bring back the Muslim travel ban. Which prohibited immigrants from coming into America if they were from Muslim majority nations. He promised to send ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, to any pro jihadist demonstration. With Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House, as one of my listeners wrote in the comments section, Imagine what January 6th is going to look like in 2025 if Jim Jordan is Speaker of the House. We are now in day 11 of Israel's and Gaza's war. 2,800 people in Gaza have been killed and nearly 10,000 wounded. 1,400 Israelis were killed and more than 4,000 injured when Hamas staged its attack two Saturdays ago. It was the deadliest attack ever on Israeli soil in one day. Israel says Hamas is holding at least 199 hostages. First it was 100, then it was 150, now it's closer to 200. The State Department now says 30 Americans were killed, and 13 are unaccounted for after Hamas's attack on Israel. It all starts at noon today. Will Jim Jordan be able to stage a mini coup an extension of January 6? God help us if he's speaker. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Call your Republican Congress people and tell them not to vote for Jim Jordan. This is not good. This is not good. Bad guy. Jim Jordan's a bad, bad Sour guy. Please like this show. Please share it. Please subscribe. Thank you to the people in the chat room. I got the show in earlier today, so uh, maybe I'll get it in at twelve oh five tomorrow. Let's see. Show. Oh, this is disgusting, David. Don't do it. Don't, don't why, why do you do this? This is not interesting. People don't want to see this. They don't want to see this. They don't want to see this. This is a new way to change the cat box. If you have a dog and a cat, you'll understand. This is a new way of changing the cat box. I'm not going to spell it out. But if you've ever if you've ever had a dog and a cat coexisting, you know what a a dog considers to be a delicacy. And uh, this is a new way to change the cat box. Oh, that's the uh, party. the punch bowl party that my dogs had the other night. All right. This is what I'm really proud of. I showed this yesterday. Uh, The Etiquette School for Dogs, teaching them how to use a glass when they drink out of the toilet. Very proud of this. Much classier. This is all I care about. the only thing that makes me happy is seeing dogs. Hang on, where's the bidet? Did I lose the bidet? The kitty bidet? Where are you, kitty bidet? Wasn't there a stripper named Kitty Bidet? I guess I lost my kitty bidet. All right. All right, honey, are you still depressed? I'm, I'm... going to crawl into bed with you. This is my girlfriend. She's very depressed. I'm going to crawl into bed with you, honey. Yay. Okay. I know you're depressed, but I'm going to cuddle up. we we'll spoon. I'll whisper in your ear. Yay. And uh, maybe I'll wear some sexy underwear. Wouldn't you Yay. like that? Yeah. I know you like that. I love you. Do, you. do you love the fact that I love you? Nay. You, you don't Love the fact that uh, you know you 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 hurt my feelings. You hurt my Yay. feeling. Okay. All right. Tomorrow.
1: Thank you.